Well, good morning. Good morning. Welcome to Experience Life Amen. Well, I tell you, I am ready for some Holy Ghost Church. Been praying this morning. I got up early this morning and and I just began to talk to Jesus and I opened up my prayer list and I I just couldn't get to it. I just started praying in the spirit and the tears just started flowing down and the snot I had to wipe away and that's pretty graphic. <laughs> Thanks, dear. I, I just thought I'd let everybody know what really happens. I could have used a different word, but everybody knows what it is. But, you know, it was so sweet just sitting in the presence of God, thinking about being here with you and those that's on the live stream with us somewhere in the world. And... Um, but I was meditating this morning and, and praying in Romans 8, 26 and 8, 27. How that when we pray in the Spirit, God helps our weaknesses. And then verse 27 talks about how he intercedes to the Father and pray, prays the will of God for us. Because too many times we mm -hmm. pray selfish prayers. We do. And uh, it's not wrong to pray selfish prayers. I mean, you know, the Bible teaches us to, to pray for whatever we desire. But it also tells us in Ephesians 6 and 18, it says, praying always with all prayer mm -hmm. for the saints. And I kind of shortened that down a little bit. But anyway, I'm just grateful to be here today. And boy, you're looking pretty and spunky today and all of this <laughs> glitter on. Wow. Where was I when you were getting ready? Well, uh, I don't know. I think you were in the other room. <laughs> But, you know, I was, uh, while you were in your office, you know, I was in uh, our bedroom uh, finishing up my coffee, and I couldn't help but just start praising God and thank Him for His faithfulness. You know, He's been there through thick and thin with us. Many of the things that we've been through, it's like I don't know what I would have done had it not been for the Lord. But He's been so faithful in our lives through everything. And I just love him so much with my whole heart because he's never failed me. He's never left me. And he loves me even when I've been unlovable. He's still there. And he still says, you're mine. Amen. Well, you know, that, that sort of described me a little bit, too. <laughs> you know? I've tried to be faithful. I've tried to be there. I've tried to love you and listen to you. And anyway... <laughs> Uh, we could go on here forever. Would you stand on your feet with us? We're going to pray and begin our worship time, and we want you to just enter into this time of praise and worship and let the Holy Spirit just flow down on, uh, on you. And we're expecting something good today. And we just appreciate the fact that you're here, Jesus is here, and Jesus went to the cross and he paid the price for you and me he shed his blood and i appreciate the blood that jesus shed for you and me and everyone that's a part of our church somewhere in the world today father as we turn this service over to you you know we've already prayed in our prayer room at home and but we're praying again with the gathered saints here and those that's gathered with us by the internet somewhere and i pray holy spirit today 
that every yoke of bondage will be destroyed and broken. I pray that healing and deliverance will come forth and you'll minister in this place in a mighty, mighty way. In Jesus' name, amen. Just amen. give Jesus a shout of praise and a great big hand clap. Of praise. Come on. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Yeah. 
Anybody in this room thankful for the blood of Jesus? Anybody in this room been affected by the blood of Jesus? I didn't say infected, I said affected, but infected, if it's the blood of Jesus, that's all right too. All across this room, would you just raise your hands? We've been singing and we've been worshiping and you, you worship so well, church. And those who are watching, I'm sure you do too. But right now, I want everyone, if you would, out of the abundance of your heart, let your mouth speak to the Lord. Thank Him specifically for what He's done. What He did for me some years ago is He healed my body of cancer. And I praise God for it. There's the report that I had it, then there's the report that I didn't. And it's never come back. That may not be the prayer that you can thank God for, but it may be something different. Whatever it is right now, I want you just to begin to thank the Lord. Call it out right now and say specifically, Father, I thank you, Lord, for the blood of Jesus that brought the family back together. I thank you for the blood of Jesus that set whatever was in your heart captive. You set it free. Thank him specifically right now. He loves to hear his kids. He loves to hear his children. Thank him for what he's done. Oh, it wasn't for naught that Jesus came to this earth and shed his blood for you and for me. There is purpose in the blood. There's provision because of the blood. There's healing because of the blood. There's a future because of the blood. The blood of Jesus, so precious. It costs everything. It costs everything. But it was shed for you and me. Oh, I give you thanks, Lord. Oh, we thank you for the blood of Jesus. Oh, let's just sing in the spirit right now, would you? Oh, Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. There is a blood that cost a life. That paid my way. Death was the prize. And when it flowed down from that cross, my sins were gone. Hallelujah. And my sins forgot. There is a grave that tried.
you but I I'm in church this morning you know when I think about the blood of Jesus how that Jesus was beaten in front of the crowd and humiliated his back was in pieces he was beaten so badly. History even tells us that they beat him down to his bowels. And then he walked down the Via Della Rosa carrying that cross. And then the final place after some help by a lovely man that helped him carry the cross. Then he got to that spot where they drove the nails in his feet, in his hands, hung him on the cross, and he shed his blood for you and me. That's what we're singing about today. That's what we're talking about today. And Keith, where did you go, Keith? I thought... I thought when you walked out here with the sex and you started playing like you did, I, I thought I was in heaven. I actually thought the rapture took place. My, my thought on that is that while you saw him play and you thought the rapture took place, that means you and him stayed here. You didn't go. That's not cool. Oh. <laughs> is it okay? Well, I, I guess we're not ready to go yet. The rapture really didn't take place. Uh, I, but I really did think the rapture was taking place. I didn't know I was in this room anymore when Keith stepped out here That's and right. started. Amen. He's here. Amen. Yes. Well, you know, really, I'm serious this morning about our worship. Yes. I'm a worshiper. Yes. I wish I could have sang and played and all this stuff, but God just didn't give me that talent. He said, you just preach. Amen. And so I, you know, a few years I tried to sing a little bit, and somebody finally told me, said, did anybody ever tell you you couldn't sing? <laughs> and I said, no. And I had this guitar, and I'd get up and strum on it, you know. And uh, finally I said, they said, well, just listen to yourself. And I said, oh, okay. So I decided then to let David Carpenter and John and, and Keith. This was a long time ago before I met them. But anyway, I don't try to sing anymore except with you. And I love worship. And I want us to do this one more time, David. I know we got a lot to do today. And, uh, but I, I really don't care if we're going to pass this point right here. Because when we're talking about the blood of Jesus and how he shed his blood for you and me, and for what he did for us, 
I'd like to just spend some time around that with you and with the people that are part of our service somewhere in the world. I was sharing with our prayer group this morning. I was looking this morning, and we have people uh, watching us in Spain, in Germany, in Ireland, uh, so many different Brazil, Australia, New Zealand, Canada, all the different places they're viewing from, Mexico. Uh, I'm just grateful for all the people that jo joins in with us. And I believe they're enjoying the same thing that you're enjoying today and blessing by. But I'm going to ask them to do this one more time. And I know you've been standing for a little while. If you have to sit down, you have to sit down. That's okay. But I want us just one more time. Let's just press in to the presence of God. It soothes my doubts. And it calms all my fears. Aren't you thankful for that? Oh, and it drives. It's the blood that gives me strength from Father, we're so grateful again for your presence, for your love, for your mercy, and for you sending your son to shed his blood on Calvary. We couldn't be in this place today worshiping you like we are today if you had not sent your son to shed your blood. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.
Look at somebody and smile at them, say, you sure look pretty today, and then you may be seated. Amen. You look pretty today. You look pretty today. Wow. God is good. Thank you. All the time. Amen. Amen. Well, you know, it's a joy to come in the house of God and be with people that are excited about their relationship with God. And we are so excited today about an opportunity to have a relationship with Jesus. You know, uh, one of our brothers in our church, Mark Avery, came in this morning and he said, Pastor, it's so good to see you. And I said, well, it's so good to be seen. <laughs> and, um, of course, Mark Avery, he, he preaches the word. I'm going to have him up here one Sunday helping me out here. And him and Maida, my goodness, uh, when Maida sang happy birthday to me, I think... <laughs> I thought I was going to heaven on that one. I thought she was singing a big uh, Christian song or something, but it was just happy birthday. But Maida, I won't have you come up and do it right now because my birthday's passed, but we could sing happy birthday to Jesus all day long. Happy birthday anyway. Amen. You know, uh, one year ago today, we were getting ready for the storm, and obviously... Tomorrow being the 14th is the day that it really landed here. And we didn't get to have church on the 14th because it was so cold. And I don't recall if the snow came on the 14th or the 15th. And then it caused the, the freeze that we had throughout Texas. And, and this building was uh, enamored by that freeze that caused such destruction. And this whole place was gutted and we were out of here for six months. We couldn't worship here we had to be in a hotel but now we're back and we're grateful for this and we do have some issues we really need you to pray over our facilities very very much and i won't be talking about that right now but uh, victoria would you mind coming up here just a minute victoria was here a year ago and um Victoria lives in California. I she, do. she and her church pastor. And I brought back sunshine. Oh. I'm not frozen. I didn't leave your place frozen. Well, you Never know, you, when you left, it came. Sorry. <laughs> but when she was here last year, she was broken. Very, I was. very broken. Yeah. As you all know. Um, Larry, her wonderful husband of 50 years, they pastored a church yeah. just up in, out of Chicago for. I don't know how many years, but she was, <laughs> but Larry had to go to heaven. COVID took him to heaven, and he's healed now, but she was so broken. I was. But you know but I'm not broken now. <laughs> oh, you're so much different today. Not, not that you were anything other than grieving and understanding, True. but yeah, it's, what, it's, what happened to you? Well, first of all, you have to trust God in every situation. And, but I really got a hold of God like never before. Because in the depth of that, I considered a great valley. It's the richest ground ever. 
It's so rich. And I was lifted up because unless you, you fight for something, it's like an airplane. It won't take off without resistance. So if you're going to lift, be lifted up to a higher level, you've got to grow. And, and all these little things that challenge us, big things, it does make us grow to a better, to a greater revelation. You're only as good as your revelation of today. That's right. right? That's right. Well, give her a thank big you. thank you. Thank right. you. Bye -bye. Bless you. Bless Love you. Yeah. So glad you could come back and visit with us. Amen. Amen. You know, we just love people. That's Pastor Sharon and me. We just, we just love people. And we're so grateful for our friends that we have here in the room and the people that's a part of us. And if you're a guest here today for your first time, thank you. Thank you for coming. You that's invited someone, yeah, give them a big hallelujah. Let's do it right. And I really appreciate the fact of our people inviting someone and bringing them into their church and saying, this is my church. This is where I get blessed. This is where God touches me. And so when you invite someone, thank you, thank you so much. Thank you, Loretta, for, for doing that today and others. It just blesses me when you see and you tell others about how God blesses you at your church. Um, I got one more little thing. I want. No, let's, let's receive the offering right now, the tithe and the offerings. Um, you have an envelope on the back of your chair there. If you're on the front row, just turn around and ask somebody to give you an envelope or something. Um, but if you will do your tithe, give your tithe and your offerings today, you help us do what we're doing. And there we see on the screen, uh, you that's watching somewhere in the world, we need your help. We need your support as well as we need it, the people here in the church. You that are a part of our church worldwide and you say, I'm your pastor, Experience Life Church is my church, and you only watch us by live stream, we're glad that you're a part and you're a member of our church. So just go, as the, the, you see on the screen there, go to eoglobal.church, and on there you'll see on the right of your screen, there's a little thing there, you click on that, and when you click on it, it'll take you and give you advice of where to uh, put your card in and do that. And then if you don't want to do it, there's also a place on the website there you can mail it in. We do take checks. They, they work if you've got money in your bank. Uh, <laughs> we do take them to the bank. Somebody does. I'm not sure who does, but somebody takes them to the bank. And, and you know... 99.9% of the time they're good. Every now and then we get one that just kind of bounces a little bit. Uh, but not very often, not very often, just every now and then. But anyway, we're grateful for all of you that serve, support, help. And it takes more to do what we do than most people realize. What we do and the expense and, and all the things that it takes to get done what we do I'm not complaining, just explaining. Uh, it just takes a lot to do it, but we're grateful that God has given us the energy and the strength and has brought the people in to help pay the bills and make it possible. Amen? So you're loved and appreciated, you that's a part of us and you that support us in different parts of the world. Thank you for your support. But uh, I, I want to take a, just a little fun minute here. David Carpenter was over at the house yesterday, and he's always coming up with something. I mean, I never know what he's going to come up with. 
and he got my phone and had Pastor Sharon and me sitting on a stool. And and, and uh, so, David, do you you uh, uh, or uh, who else is back there this morning? My mind is Danielle. Who made the first move? There we go. Okay. Who's the better driver? <laughs> got no sound. Who's the strictest parent? <laughs> Who's the messiest eater? Who's better at giving directions? <laughs> Who's more patient? <laughs> Who has the last to say in an argument? <laughs> Who's the bigger spender? <laughs> Who's more stubborn? <laughs> Who has the craziest family? <laughs> <laughs> Who is always right? <laughs> Who is more romantic? <laughs> anyway, um, thank you, David. Um, he brings out stuff in you you don't know you even got. But uh, it's a joy to have David Carpenter as a part of our team and our family. And we're, we're, just, we're just a family here. That's, that's all, you know. Some people don't realize that's my dream and that's what my vision is, is for us to be a family. Too many times we look at the word church and people go and come and, and they don't ever become a part of the family. And I was just seeing... Christina, back in the back there, she's been missing for a couple of weeks or about three. But, you know, COVID stopped at her body, and she didn't ask it to, but it stopped. And she had to work it through, and she got it worked through. And, and, and as well as it stopped at a number of you, and praise God, we're here, and we got through. But Christina was, you know, when she wasn't here, we was saying, we're praying for you. We're believing God for you. And she just come back today. Well, got through it all. And we're grateful. Amen. So we're just blessed to be a part of what God is doing in this last day. And, you know, as, as most of you, not all of you know, but our friend Mike Francine has um, been visiting with us. We invited him to come and spend a couple of weeks with us and uh, I've invited him to speak here this morning, and uh, God has just done so many things through Mike's ministry and, you know, pastors in different places of the world that are pastoring churches of, well, in Nigeria, one in particular, uh, on Tuesday morning, just in their morning service, they have 30,000 people in their Tuesday morning service. And the pastor was telling Mike, he said, I read one of your books, and that's the reason why I'm here today. And that's just the Tuesday morning service. That's not the weekend service when the building seats. I don't know. I've not been there, so I don't know. But I've got a video. Or Mike's given us a little video here, just a little bit of taste of some of the things he's done around the world, and we want to share that with you. And so if the team in the back can share the video.
we're blessed, honored, and privileged to have world evangelist Mike Francine with us this morning. So let's welcome him one more time as he comes. Is everybody happy today? It's awesome to be back with you again. And, you know, a few weeks ago, uh, Don called me and said, Mike, why don't you just come down and stay with Sharon and I for a couple of weeks and, and uh, we'll hang out, we'll do some taping and uh, we'll just have some fun. And, and we're also co-authoring a book that's going to be finished this month. Do we have that book, Dave? We may not have a copy of it, but um, so we're working on that, and I've already got my half done. <laughs> oh, there it is, and, and the cover's done. <laughs> and so, <laughs> so anyways, we're working on that. And uh, before I, I begin, I've, I've got a few uh, friends that are here. Brian Fleming, world changer, just wave your hand. Uh, he's here. He's his heart is the nations of the world, and. Uh, uh, Polly Harder, wave your hand. She, she was the editor uh, for, the, for Gordon Lindsay and Christ for the Nations for, for 30 years. Now she's got her own publishing company. I'm doing a couple of books with her. I know some of you have asked me about writing books. There's your publisher right there. And then uh, Mike Kingsley. He's got World Trumpet Television. Just wave your hand, Mike. Um, doing, doing some amazing things. Uh, in this. He's based here in Dallas and doing some amazing things around the world. And, and his father's the one who set up actually all my crusades in Uganda back in the 80s. And, uh, and so just great to have you. And I've, I've got a few other friends that are coming. So uh, it's just awesome to be here with Don and Sharon. And, and you know, Don and Sharon, I just, they're, they're some of my very, very dearest friends in the whole world. And, and I've stayed with them many times. And, and it's always very saddening and disappointing to me when Don says, well, Mike, we're going to go out to eat tonight. Because that means Sharon's not cooking. And, that, and that's... <laughs> That's just a very, very sad thing. I know some of you have never heard me speak before, but I'm just going to tell you right now, I'm not dignified like Pastor Don. When I get up, I get excited about some of these things that I start preaching about, start sharing. And when I get really excited, I start spitting. But it's anointed spit. And the, and the front row is saying, take the, take, turn the anointing down a little bit. I get excited. Because if you've seen the things that I've seen, if you've been to the places I've been, if you've seen the miracles and the dead raised and, and the blind eyes open and the cripples open, you get excited about these things. And when you get excited, you spit when you speak. But it's anointed spit. But, but just, so I'm not dignified like Pastor Don. Don't even give me that. I saw him a couple of weeks ago when he was preaching in Mexico. And he's running, and he's, oh, he was spitting back three or four rows back when he was preaching. About. So, so, so don't give me those dignified Pastor Don things. I've, I've, seen, I've seen the man speak uh, many times. And, you know, I got here a little over a week ago, and, and last Sunday Don preached an awesome message, beautiful. And so I told him this week, I said, Don, why don't you just sit back and let a professional do this week? So... <laughs> We've got to understand that we have what the world wants. We have what the world needs. You've got it on the inside of you. And a revelation and understanding of that is going to take you very far. This, you, when I go to a nation, I'm the answer. I'm the one they've been praying for because I know what i got on the inside of me. I remember I was doing a crusade, and I've done crusades in actually 103 different countries now. And 
I've been doing this for 41 years. Thank God I started when I was, I was six. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. And, uh, but doing these last 41 years of ministry, the things that I've seen, but I remember I was doing one crusade in a, a Central American country. And the crusade we've already had in the early days, we already had 100, 150,000, and we ended up with several hundred thousand by the end. And so it was a, pr a presidential election coming up. And so the, one of the, the committee members of this, this man who was running for president, he came to my crusade director. And they said, you tell Mike Francine, the president-elect, will give him 10,000 US dollars if he will give him five minutes on his crusade platform. Wow. I said, no. He came back the next day with another offer. He said, tell Mike Francine that the president-elect, or he's running for president, that if Mike would give him five minutes on his crusade platform, he'd give him a brand new Mercedes and $10,000. I said, no. The next day, they sent another word. I said, tell Mike Francine, if he doesn't give us five minutes, we will have him assassinated. I said, no. See, the, the world wants what we have. We've got to understand when we take what's on the inside of us, there's nothing can stand in our way. Uh, I was doing, you know, I've been to India 29 times. I've done 44 crusades just in India alone. And I was doing a, a crusade in a city called Nagpur. I haven't started yet, so don't start timing me. Uh, this, 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 this is all for free. And uh, so I was doing a city called Nagpur up in the northern part of India. And nobody had ever had a gospel crusade there. Four years prior to that, an American went there to try to do crusade. The day the crusade was to start, they arrested him, had him put in jail and deported him. And so we get there, and, and we didn't go to the, the chief of police or the mayor. We went to the governor for our permits. And so the Naxalites, that's, that's the radical sect of the Hindus in India. And so, so anyways, they said, you know, they saw the posters and the banners and the billboards and, and, and the radio and television advertisement. And so they went to the chief of police. And they said, you've got to shut this man down. Now, when you hear a train's being bombed or burned or, 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 or churches being blown up, it's the Naxalites. It's the radical sect of the Hindus. And so they, they, they came to the chief of police, and they said, you've got to pull his permits. He said, I can't pull the permits. I didn't issue the permits. And so they went to the mayor. They said, they said you've got to pull the permits for this crusade. It cannot happen. He said, I didn't issue the permits. We couldn't do it. And so we got to the first night. We had 50,000 people the first night. And the miracles that started to happen. And I mean, just blind and deaf and cripples. And, and that's where the frog boy that got, that got healed, he was 13 years old and he had polio as an infant baby. He crawled on the ground like a frog all of his life. His, his, his arms and his elbows and his knees were, were just all callous from crawling on the, front, on the ground like a frog. God healed him. He got up and walked for the first time in his life. And the miracles began to abound. And so they kept trying and trying and trying. And so because they couldn't get us our permits pulled, they brought legal charges against me. And uh, they, they filed suit against me that I was in violation of the Magical Remedies Act. Okay. So <laughs> that's what was a charge. We had to go to court because of the miracles that were happening. I was in violation of the Magical Remedies Act. And so now we've got 75,000, then 100,000, 150,000, and the thing just started. And so every day we were in court from 9 in the morning to 4, and then we go back and went on, and the last day it was part. And so the last day, they took out full-page ads in the newspaper asking me, asking for riots in the streets, and there was, and asking me to be stoned that night. No, I'm a nice guy. No, listen, listen. There's certain times when you're supposed to say amen and you just missed one. I said, I'm a nice guy. Yeah. Oh, that was a week. <laughs> Pastor, I got a lot of work to do. I'll come and baptize you if you're sleeping. 
And so, no, and so there's riots in the streets. And not, they don't only bring charges against me, but also against the chief of police, which was their mistake, and the mayor. So that night, the chief of police, he sent hundreds of police. That night, um, thousands of people came. Uh, you know, we had 150,000 or more on that final night. This big mob comes. 200 people got stones in hand. And when the police heard that they were coming, he sent his 200 police. They arrested him. We went on and had an amazing crusade. But see, the world wants what we have. They want our influence. They want our platform. They want our voice. And you've got to understand it's on the inside of you. And there's too many today. We go along so we can just get along. We go along you know, with the status quo so we can get along with everybody else. It's not my point. That's not my interest. It's not my plan. It's not my pursuit. That's not my intentions. God loves you too much to leave you marooned on the island of mediocrity. He wants to take you from glory to glory to glory. I got up and I, I wrote this this morning at 6 o'clock this morning. You may like it, you may not. I don't care. I got the microphone. What do you see when you look at me? I'm not the man that I used to be. It matters not what you see when you look at me. What matters most is what I see in me. Look me in the eye and you will see the love of the Father staring back at thee. When I gaze in the mirror and say, what can this be? I stop and say, no, I see me in him and Christ in me. The looking glass lies when I don't see clearly. For when I see him in me, then I'll see his glory. I dare not think low nor high of me. I take on his likeness to be all I can be. The one who died, who hung on that tree, this one act of love, he did it for me. You can say I'm selfish when I take on this air. What do you think of me? Well, I just don't care. When I look in the mirror and see possibility of all I can do for Jesus because he lives in me. What do you see when you look at me? I'm not that same man I used to be. For it is Christ in me. For it's me in Christ and Christ in me. That is now that I all, that's all that I see when I look at me. How do you see yourself? The Bible says it's Christ in us, the hope of glory. And I, I have an addendum to, in my own version of it. Christ in us, the hope of glory. And it's Christ in us, the hope of someone else getting into that glory. See, you are the answer that many people have been praying for. Open your mouth. He has no voice but yours. He has no hands but yours. You are his hand extended. Stop dwelling on the past. The past had its time. You cannot write this next chapter of your life if you keep rereading the last chapter. It's time to turn the page. You cannot let the pain of yesterday cloud the vision of tomorrow. And so I'm going to begin to read in Isaiah chapter 43. I know I didn't pray when I started, but I thought, my God, after this praise and this worship and the anointing that was on Don and Sharon's Valentine's Day video, I, I, there's, God is here. God is just here. Isaiah 43 in chapter 18. It says, Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Everybody say new thing. New he thing. says, now it shall spring forth, shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. And when I looked at that verse one time, I thought, why did God choose to use this word thing when he's going to describe this new thing that he was going to do? I thought, well, did God have a limited vocabulary? No, he created all the worlds and the words. Did God sit up in the heavens? Looked down upon humanity, knowing what he was going to do. Did he get up there and get so excited and say, because uh, he couldn't think of something else? He got up and said, uh, yeah, I'm going to do a new thing? Because he couldn't think of something else to say. 
Why, this use, why use this word thing to describe this new thing that was God was going to do? See, there's no reference point here. There, there, there's, there, there's no history in this word. If he was saying, I will do with you like I did with Elijah, immediately we set up borders in our minds. Oh, it looks like this. See, if we can't picture the way something looks, then we just dare not do it. If he said, I'll do with you like I did with Peter, like, no, forget about it. God says he's going to do a new thing. Mike, what does that look like? I don't know, but I know it's bigger, better, and better than anything we've ever seen before. Everybody say new thing. I See, I'm ready for a new thing in my life. I'm ready for God to take me to a different I don't want to continue to feast on yesterday's manna, not when there's a whole banquet table set before me. I don't want to rest on yesterday's victories when he has exploits the world has never seen. How big is your God? You know, I've said this many times before when I've been preaching that, that people say, well, we've got to let God out of the box, let God out of the box. Have you ever heard that? I got news. God was never in your box. In our boxes. That's where we keep our little Jesus pocket promise books. And, and, and our little pet prayers and our little pet doctrines. And our, listen, if there's no life in something, shoot it in the head and be done with it. God's going to do a new thing. It's bigger than anything you've ever imagined. It's better than anything you could possibly you know, conjure up in your mind. It's a new thing. And when we let God come in, let God out of the box, he was never in that box. I was in Colorado Springs one time. I was in this little gift shop. And uh, there was this, this these, you know those tiny little like birthday bags or Christmas? Just, they were about this big. And I picked up, I thought, well, that's cute. And I looked inside there. There was a little statue of Buddha in there. I thought, Buddha in a bag. You can, carry, you can carry your little God wherever you want. We do the same thing with Jesus. We put him in a box. And we think that box fits in our pocket, and it doesn't. How big are you going to let God be in your life? God, he, you, you've got to understand what's on the inside of you. What do you see when you look at me? I'm not the man I used to be. When you look in the mirror, what do you see? The opportunity of a lifetime must be seized during the lifetime of that opportunity. Opportunities don't last forever. Procrastination is opportunity's assassin. Prepare yourself by seeing what God sees when he looks at you. Do it anyways. You can chase a dream that seems so far out of reach. Dream it anyways. You can fight a battle that seems too hard to win. Fight it anyways. You can walk a road that others dare not tread. Walk it anyways. You can speak a truth that no one cares to hear. Speak it anyways. You can pursue a purpose that no one dares to believe. Pursue it anyways. You can start to write a book that is beyond your set skill. Write it anyways. You can build a future no one thinks you can. Build it anyways. You can rise with the morning sun, with the storm surrounding. Rise up anyways. You can love with all your heart, and then that person walks away. Love again anyways. You can pour out your song, and tomorrow they forgot you ever sang. Sing it anyways. When the greatness of our God does not match our current situation, your, your current, I, I, I've said this many, many times before. Don't ever let the where you are become the who you are. Yes, I, you say, well, I thought not, not, I gave Pastor Don credit for that too many times. Now, now I say it all the time. So never let where you are right now become the who you are. The, your, your current situation is not your final destination. 
But it will be if you continue to hear the critics' tongues. If you continue to listen to what everyone else has to say, if they, they look at your past. But I'm not the man I used to be. I'm all that Christ is in me. How do you see yourself? The Apostle Paul, you know, he wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. He was a personification of a man in action. He wasn't content to wait on God, but, but I love this. And people don't often see it. But in Acts chapter 16 and verse 6, I see my, my good friend, Augie David, just walked in, world changer. Augie, it's good to see you. Augie owes me a great deal of money. <laughs> I'm just being honest. My first year of ministry, 40, 41 years ago, I was working with a little church up in West St. Paul, Minnesota. And Augie came up there and he preached. I knew he's from India. He's been here in the States many years now. And he preached and he seated me with India. So out of my 29 trips to India, I've put over $7 million into India and it's his fault. So Augie, you owe me $7 million. <laughs> Acts 16, verse 6. And then went through the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. And when they had come up to Messiah, they attempted to go into Bithynia. But the Spirit of Jesus... Now listen, listen. This is what Paul, he had planned on doing. He, he was in, in Galatia, and it says they were for, forbidden by the Holy Spirit. Why was he speaking if they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit? Didn't Paul hear from God? Didn't Paul get a revelation? And, and, and weren't his steps ordered to the Lord? And it says they were preaching there, and it says they were forbidden to preach the Holy Spirit in Asia. And when they had come up to Messiah, they attempted to go to Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. What? Why didn't Paul hear God? Why, didn't, why wasn't he directed by the Spirit of God? Why, didn't he, why wasn't he waiting on God? He started to go to Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. So passing by Messiah, they went down to Troas, and a vision appeared to Paul at night. Macedonia said, come over here to Macedonia and help us. And when Paul had seen the vision, he immediately went up and went on. But here's my point. Paul didn't sit there, waiting, and this is what I see so often in the body of Christ. Everybody's put a pause on their purpose, and you can't afford to put a pause on your purpose. Your purpose predates your conception. Before you were forming your mother's womb, God knew you. He called you. He put a purpose on you, and you can't put a pause on purpose when others put a pause on your purpose. You can't afford to catch what they have. God has something. You are an answer for somebody's life. Your word, your hug, your thoughts, your, 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 your short message, your prayer, your laying out of hands. You are the one that people are waiting for. Don't take your name off of the list of the people God wants to use by asking God to send laborers. Go and be that laborer. Go and be that doer. Go and take what's on the inside of you and give it to the world. Paul didn't sit around waiting. I find it interesting. You know, one day... One day I'm going to stand before God. And on that day, he's going to give an account for my life. And one day I'll stand before him. And I'm going to hear him say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. I don't want to stand before him one day and have him look at me and lean over and say, well, Well, what have you done with everything I gave you? What have you done with your time? What have you done with your gifts? What have you done with your finances? What have you done with your prayers? Well, 
I don't, Pastor Don, I pray I don't hear those words. I want to hear well done. But what are you going to do? It is the Christ in you, the hope of glory. It is the Christ in you, the hope of someone else getting into his glory. What are you going to do? Catherine Kuhlman said this. If I listened to my critics or my fans, I would quickly be destroyed. If I listen to my critics or my fans, it's not about what others think, it's not about what others say. It's about who you see yourself as being. You know, it's fascinating to me as I watch people, you know, in, in different department stores or buildings or, or, or coming to church and, and it's, it's, it's fascinating to me just to see people when they walk by a mirror. Some people cast a little corner out of their eye. Some people stop up and, man, they're just going to just check out the whole thing. Others like, oh, what, a, what do you see when you look in the mirror? Do you get up in the morning and look in the mirror and say, ugh. That, that beady sleep didn't work again. Do you get up in the morning and say, my God, where did that wrinkle come from? My God, where did, the, where did that extra 10 pounds come from? All I did was look at the donut in the window. I didn't buy it. And slump, there it was. And you, just start, you look in the mirror and you start tearing yourself apart. What do you see when you look in the mirror? Mirror, mirror on the wall. Some look at the, mirror, at the, at the wall and say, mirror, mirror on the wall. Who's the fairest of them all? And they look in the mirror and they say, how great thou art. How great. You are so beautiful. I mean, some, some people are so caught up with themselves. I'm too sexy for my shirt. Too, oh, come on. What, do you see yourself as the world sees you? Do you see yourself as God sees you? What do you see when you look in the mirror, mirror, mirror on the wall? What am I to the Lord of all? Who am I to the Lord of all? What do you see when you look in the mirror? What song do you sing? Others will look at you and they say, what's wrong with you? Look in the mirror. I've been through these seasons. When depression laid hold of my life. Look in the mirror and say, what is wrong with you? I didn't see the reflection of Christ. Because my mind went to a different place. The mind is a great battlefield. What do you see when you look in the mirror? I know what it's like to look in the mirror, and I've shared this on some of, of, of Pastor Don and Sharon's programs. I know what it's like to be so depressed that, that there's not enough wine in the bottle to, to numb that pain. And to look at yourself in this mirror. What are you doing when you look at you? What are you doing? What's wrong with you? No, you've got to begin to see who God is in you and who you are in Christ. And when you come to that place, everything takes a change. Uh, you begin to walk different. You be, there's a whole new spring in your step. There's a, there's a whole new strut to everything that you're doing. There's a new confidence and boldness that comes when you see Christ in you and who you are in Christ. What do you see when you look in the mirror? I'm not the man I used to be. I know it's Christ in me. What do you see when you look in the mirror? It's time to, you know, if, you, if, if your mirror is cracked or if it's foggy, if it's, if it's broke, it's time for some of you to get a new mirror. Mirror, mirror on the wall. 
What do you see? Who do you see? The man, the woman you used to be? When you look in the mirror, you say, you are anointed. Well, I can't say that. Why? First John 2.27 says, but the anointing which you have received of him abides in you. So you are anointed. Get a new mirror. Understand it's him on the inside. That, and, and people say this, Pastor Sharon, I don't understand this. I've never understood it. People say, oh, God, God, let the anointing fall, let the anointing fall, let the anointing fall. I don't pray like that. I say, let the anointing rise. Because it's already on the inside of me. Waiting for it to fall means it's not yet here. When you realize, but the anointing which you have received of him abides in you, then you begin to walk different, you talk different, you act different, you plan different, you spend different, you pray different. Get a new mirror. Are you, you are the righteousness of God. You are the redeemed. Everybody say so. so. Say so. so. What are we doing that for? Well, the Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. so. Everybody say so. Get a different mirror. See yourself as Christ sees you, who you are in Christ, and who Christ is in you. And you begin to walk different, that you are the healed. You are the prince or princess of prosperity. Begin to treat yourself with new respect. In one of my recent books, I've got a chapter, and I want to do this because a lot of us don't respect others. It's because we don't respect ourselves. And uh, just some of my quotes from that book. If people, because you've got to get a new mirror. You've got to see yourself as God does. And that's where our worth comes from. That's who we are in Christ, new Christ is in us. That's where everything comes from for our lives. Respect and honor. If people do not respect what you bring to the table, let them dine alone. Never allow people to get comfortable in their disrespect for you. If someone cannot respect your story, they're not qualified to travel in your journey. You're a different mirror. Don't risk losing the ones who love you trying to please the rest of the world. Show respect to one and watch him rise to heights that surge beyond what you ever thought possible. People who mistake your meekness for weakness do not respect the virtue of your character. Never violate the sacredness of your own self-respect. If you cannot respect me, I have the gift of goodbye. What are you allowing people to speak into your life? Life is too short to waste your time on people who do not respect you. Keep the gift of goodbye readily available. If you desire to be respected by the people you love, you will have to prove to them that you can survive without them. Many of you have got people seated in the VIP section of your life. It's time to let them move up to the balcony. They can watch you succeed from afar. Get a new mirror. Begin to see yourself as God does. When you're confident in your own self-worth, respect will follow. Honor may not win power, but it wins respect, and respect earns power. Compromising your own self-respect forges a way for those you engage to, dis to dismiss any form of respect for you. If you do not rise and stand for something that merits the purposes of your pursuit, how you expect anyone to, re to respect what you do? 
Never give your consent to for someone to disrespect you. How do you see yourself? T.L. Osborne was my very close friend and mentor for 35 years. Bensonita Hosa was the first man to ever believe in me. African man from Benin City, Nigeria. He believed in me before anybody else did, my parents, my pastor, my friends, my family. He believed in me and I spent three months with him in the early 80s in his home. Took an African to be the first one to believe in me. That's why I love the Africans so much. I've been to 18 African countries. I've done many crusades in Africa. In fact, I love Africa so much, I just tell everybody I'm African-American. Uh, but but T.L. Osborne said to me many years ago, he said, Mike, you cannot honor God without honoring his servants. That's shown respect. Respect and honor is lost in the church today. That's what pastors Don and Sharon are my dear, dear, dearest friends. Not just because of the love they've shown me, but I respect what they've done. So I honor. Yes. I honor. They've been in ministry for 64 years. They've done things that few people have known. They don't even have the archives. He was too busy doing to take pictures. In fact, they lost a lot of the pictures. You don't understand what pastors Don and Sharon have done in the world. I do, and I've heard it. I've seen it. So I honor, and I hold them in the highest esteem and give them great respect. You can't honor God without honoring his servants. Respect. For my first closing... My record is 27. So, so I'm feeling the anointing to break that record today. I'm just going to reiterate and say once again, let your heart hear this. What do you see when you look at me? I'm not the man that I used to be. It matters not what you see when you look at me. What matters most is what I see in me. Look me in the eye and you will see the love of the Father staring back at thee. When I gaze in the mirror and say, what can this be? I stop and say, no, I see him. I see me in him and Christ in me. The looking glass lies when I don't see clearly. For when I see him in me, then I'll see his glory. I dare not think low nor are high of me. I take on his likeness to be all I can be. The one who died, the one who hung on that tree, this one act of love, he did it for me. You can say I'm selfish when I take on this air. What you think of me, well, I just don't care. When I look in the mirror and see possibility of all I can do, for Jesus lives in me. What do you see when you look at me? I'm not that same man that I used to be. For it's me in Christ and Christ in me. This is all I now see when I look at me. Father, your life, your love, your purpose, your will, your anointing that's here. And for those that are watching around the world, via the internet, 
television and Facebook. God is there. You are the answer to the people in your world. Don't take your name off the list of the people God wants to use by expecting someone else to come and speak a word. Don't take your name off the list of people that God wants to use by waiting. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you, the hope of someone else getting into that glory. Lay hold of it. And I don't know who all is watching right now around the world. But I know this. If you've never accepted Jesus Christ into your life, today is a perfect day. Today is a perfect time for you to come to him. It doesn't matter what you've done. Maybe you've murdered somebody. Maybe you're a drug addict or a drunk or a prostitute. Maybe you're a thief. Maybe you, you, you beat your spouse. I don't know what you've done. Nor does that matter if I know. You know where your heart is. If you've never asked Jesus Christ to come and forgive you today, it can be that day. Where you can throw aside, I'm not talking about being good. I'm not talking about being a church. I'm not talking about being religious. I'm talking about having a relationship with Jesus Christ. It's not about religion. It's about relationship. The Bible says in John 1, as many as received Jesus, to them he gives power to become a child of God. So where do you stand with him right now? Maybe one time you knew him. You walked close with him, but your heart's grown cold. And you've turned back to the ways of the world today. You can come back. And he's waiting with open arms to love you, to embrace you. What do you need today? It's Jesus. Wherever you are, anywhere in the world, anywhere in this room, if you've never asked Jesus into your life today, you can do it right now. Wherever you are anywhere in this world, you can come back to him if you've fallen away. Just say, Jesus, I come to you right now. I give you my heart. I give you my life. I give you all that I am. And I receive your life, your love, your forgiveness. This day, Jesus, I give you my heart. I make you the Lord of my life. In Jesus' name. That simple of a prayer can change everything in your life. It's not about being good. He's the only good. It's about a relationship with him. That love. It's not about going to church. Although church is a good thing, and if you just prayed that prayer, you need to find a good church that believes the Bible, believes Jesus is the Son of God, believes in answered prayer, believes in miracle healing, believes in prosperity. 
best thing you can do for your own life. Invest in your own life and find a good church. If you're in the Dallas area, this is a beautiful church. Experience Life Church. I highly recommend it. I heard they have amazing speakers there. Again, amen opportunities just fly by these people. Before I turn it back to Pastor Don, I'm not going to break my closing record today. Um, but David, I'm, I want to talk about my books just for one minute. And um, David Clowers, you're awesome. That song, Sea of Faces, I've got a few minutes in. As soon as I talk about these books for just a moment, uh, I just want to end with that before Pastor Don comes back. I've got a book table out there, and, and uh, it's amazing to me. You know, going through all my, I wasn't raised in a Christian home, so going through all of my, my high school, and I played a year of college basketball before I accepted the Lord, and then dropped out of school and started preaching six weeks later. And I never read one book going through all my school days. And now I've written, um, I'm actually on my 36th book right now, and, and I've got them in 16 languages. I've actually given away 3 million books. And one day, Pastor Don, I'm going to write a book someone will actually buy. And, uh, <laughs> but I, I've got, I, I just, I had a, some of my books here at a, Friends House in Dallas, and so I've just got a few copies of a few of my titles, but A Miracle Settles the Issue, this is my most translated book, uh, it's in 16 different languages, that's out there, Rise and Be Healed, uh, we've seen every kind of miracle you can imagine around the nations of the world, so that's out there, Destiny is here, Come Walk on the Water with Me, get that handsome picture on the front cover, oh my God, I can't get an amen for nothing today, Pastor. <laughs> I've been working this. <laughs> Relentless Pursuit. What's that picture in the front car? Oh, handsome. Amen. Oh, no, no. No, see, now you're just trying to get in my good graces. And I Dare to Believe. This book, it's hardcover. It's got 48 pages of full-color pictures in there. Uh, T.L. Osborne, the first book I ever printed. I was so proud of him. He was my mentor, and I handed it to him. He, he flipped through the pages threw it back at me and said, don't you ever print another book without filling it full of pictures. So that was my first and only book that did not have a lot of pictures because they birth vision. They give credibility to the words that are penned. And so those are out there. Um, you know, I'm just going to sell these for these smaller ones for $10 each. Uh, this book, I Dare to Believe, um, I'll sell that. I should be selling it for, for $40. I'm selling it for $20, but with the hardcover and it's 300 and some pages and all the color pictures. That's for $20. The other ones are $10 each. And uh, I'm going to run a special today. I like doing book specials. You know, I've got uh, a number of these books out here, I dare to believe. I'm going to run a special today and today only. You may want to get one for yourself, which everybody should, in Jesus' name. But maybe you want to get one for a gift. So I'll run a special today. You can get one for 20 or two for 75 <laughs> Specials today only. Don't, don't be calling tomorrow and say, can I get that special? No, no, no. And listen, if you go out there and all you got is a $100 bill and, uh, and you just want one book, don't ask for change because Jesus drove out the money changers. Ah. Right. <laughs> he did. <laughs> anyway, so my books are out there, and if you want me to sign it, great. Uh, but David, can we play that sea of faces before Pastor Don? Pastor Don and Sharon, I love you. Thank you for the privilege. For I know the thoughts and plans that I have for you, says the Lord. 
thoughts and plans for welfare and peace and not for evil, to give you hope in your final outcome. Then you'll call upon me and you'll come and pray to me and I will hear and heed you. I will be found by you, says the Lord. I will release you from captivity and gather you from all the nations. I believe that this generation has a right to know that Jesus Christ is alive in this miracles today. And that is why I believe in mass crusade evangelism. seldom speechless but right now after hearing Mike speak and then see the evidence of how God's used him around the world to 
touch multitudes of people's lives. I just want you to know that's why we're here today. It's for God to heal a broken heart. Physically, if you're suffering somewhere or hurting, you've lost a loved one, I just want you to understand that God cares. God cares. And as Mike was preaching today and talking about, when you look into the mirror, I won't preach, so just hold on. I'm not preaching. I'm just wanting to bring a closure here today. When you look into the mirror, I'm not talking about your looks. But are you pleased with what's inside? I say so many times, and it's easy for me to make this one-liner, but it's how Pastor Sharon and I try to live our lives. Don't let the things that happen to you happen in you. Now, I know that's, that's, a, that's a good line, and it sounds good. But you know, we have to practice that because sometimes we're bombarded with an event, a loss of a loved one, a divorce, financial crisis, You say, how do I keep that from happening in me? It's not easy to do, but with the help of the Holy Spirit, the love of Jesus, He can bring you through any hurt. He can bring you through any pain and physically heal you. Just as David spoke earlier, how cancer is no longer in his body. Mike was praying for a person that was deaf, we saw. God unstopped that deaf ear. Over the course of 64 years, I look back, just a little redneck from Chattanooga, Tennessee. That's all I was. And when God said to me, go around the world, (laughs) I hadn't been out of Tennessee. I didn't know anybody in the world, but through the Holy Ghost and God's will, just like Mike, he was in Minnesota, and Benson Idahosa came, and Augie came, and Benson Idahosa, as he said, was an African man that I, I knew I didn't have the privilege and honor to know him like Mike did, but took him to Africa. God will take our lives and plant us where he wants us to be. He will give us divine connections and divine appointments. Michael's already asked for people to receive salvation. But I want to say if you're hurting somewhere, if something's broken, if something's broken, God wants to heal that broken heart. God wants to mend what you can't fix on your own. 
And I just ask you right now, let's pray. Let's ask God to touch you. Let's ask God to heal you right where you hurt. And I'm going to pray this prayer, and then when I do, I want us to stand on our feet, and we're going to worship. And then I'm not done. I have one more thing I want to do. So you that's online with us, if you'd stay on with us, we'd appreciate it too. But I'd like for everybody to just stand on your feet with me right now. If you hurt somewhere, if you need healing somewhere physically, emotionally, spiritually, financially, this is why we're here. As I shared when we opened the service this morning, my time with the Lord this morning was precious. And I, I, I believe my favorite thing in the world to do is spend time with God. Oh, I love spending time with my beautiful wife. I love spending time with her, but she knows, I know in her life and mine, God must be first. And then she's second. So I want to ask God to heal you. And I know Mike is in agreement with me, uh, even though he's stepped down. I know he's in agreement with this, and he would want you to be healed. And so when you look into the mirror, I'm, and we're not talking about what you look like physically, but when you look into the mirror, that you would look, and as he said, see the eyes of Jesus looking back at you and saying, you're my child. I love you. And I'm greater than your pain, greater than your sorrow, your hurt, and I will heal you everywhere you hurt. Jesus, you know, every person that's a part of this service today, whether they're in this room or somewhere in the world, Someone that's been abused. Someone that's been abused. I see you today. You're still carrying that wound. You're still carrying that wound today. But today, the Holy Spirit is saying, I'm healing you now. I was abused for you. And even though you were abused, I heal you now. I heal you now. You that's been broken through a divorce, God healed you now. God healed you now. You that has been broken through the loss of a loved one, my comfort comes now. My comfort comes now, says the Lord. My comfort comes now. You that's had depression, that Mike mentioned, you've been so depressed that it's been dark for you and you just couldn't see light. I break that yoke 
that torture from your mind. I break it in the name of Jesus. Healing. I see a confusion in the family. God is healing right now and restoring. Restoring right now. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Oh, he touched me. by the Lord and I just want to say that when you go out the door don't forget the words that God spoke to you through his servant when the thought comes or when Satan tries to hurt or harm you in something and bring something up remind him of who you are and the Word of God that lives and abides on the inside of you. Amen? One of the reasons I've asked her up here is we've got some wonderful friends in Australia. And uh, <clears throat> I got a message from someone in their church. Very first place we ever preached in Australia. We've preached there a number of times, and it's Liberty Family Church in Adelaide, Australia. And this couple invited us. We were going there to speak in the, a large convention in Sydney. But before Sydney, they invited us to come to Adelaide, and we did. And remember that trip when we got there? We had no clothes. Uh, except what was on our back. Except what was on our back. They, were, they, was in a, they, they got stopped in Los Angeles, and we couldn't find them for a week. And this lovely couple, when we landed in um Adelaide, Australia, um, took us to a, a department store. Here we were jet lagged, uh, flying all these hours. And anyway, we had no clothes, and so we had to buy underclothes. We had to buy other clothes. 
and then we had to preach for them that weekend and then fly back to Sydney. And uh, we actually didn't get our bags till we got back to Sydney. We'd been in Australia a week before they ever got there. But that pastor found them. The pastor found him. He got on the phone, and his name was Bill Knotts. And Bill and Heather Knotts, uh, we want to shout out a praise and thank you, Pastor Bill and Heather, at Liberty Family Church for 34 years of faithful ministry in Liberty Family Church. Bill and Heather, you visited us here in the States so many times. You've stayed in our home. We love you. We appreciate you. We appreciate your wonderful congregation. All the invitations that you've given us, the times we've been able to accept those invitations to come there and preach with you since. And Heather, I'll never forget you. I'll never forget you. You didn't know what a Pentecostal handshake was. But you got to find out. She said, what is a Pentecostal shake handshake? She'd never heard that term before. And so uh, I didn't know that she'd never heard that term. But she had been praying for money to buy my wife a gift. And I didn't know that. And so I was on the platform and she was down there and she was looking so perplexed. What is a Pentecostal handshake? Well, I reached in my pocket, and I happen to have a $100 bill, U.S., and, and it's worth more in Australia than, and then much more probably now. But I gave her that $100 bill, and she looked at it, and she said, oh, my goodness. And so she said, I got money now to go buy Pastor Sharon again. <laughs> Heather, we love you, and you did find out what a Pentecostal handshake is. Um, want to say anything? Well, I just love uh, Pastor Bill and... And Heather, they've just been a joy to me. Um, in the, your congregation there in uh, Adelaide, they have to be like a treasure to you because they are to us. And they are a reflection. They're the same everywhere. Everybody just loves them. And so treat them as a treasure to you because they are. And Heather, you must come back to the U.S., because I miss your jolliness, your friendship, and Bill, the times that we've just sat in our home and just talked, talked about the Word. And that's one thing that is in the forefront of both of you, is the Word of God. And I treasure the friendship, and God bless you in many more years with your wonderful congregation. Well, we won't tell them about you and Heather's little... No, that's a little secret that Heather and I have. Pastor Bill knows. I don't know if Pastor Heather has shared it with your congregation, but that is something that I still think about and laugh hysterically. And we had many, many belly laughs. <laughs> many, uh, many. You're wondering what it is. Well, you're just going to have to keep wondering. Anyway, let's hear it, Experience Life. Give Liberty Family Church and Pastor Bill. Come on, give him a praise, a great big praise. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. One more time, and then God bless you. Go to visit Mike's table for the books. For it reaches.